0: Listening to A New Lens. Uh, This is a podcast Gary and I started to talk about film and television that we liked as kids through the new lens of adults and amateur filmmakers. We have finished season two of Avatar The Last Airbender, so here we are uh, ready to talk about the second Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie. Oh, I'm so excited, dude.
1: As I had said before this episode, this is one of my all-time favorite movies. Oh, yeah. That opinion is only solidified after watching it. Absolutely. I can't wait to dive in. And you know what else I can't wait to do? Is dive in with our good friend and DM on our other podcast, Legendary 4 Space Space (laughs) (laughs) Adventures. Legendary 4 Adventures. Space Vampires. Thank you, Calvin. (laughs) Hopefully that can be edited anyway.
0: (laughs) Definitely not. But uh, We'll just plow right uh, through it. We're, We're gonna have welcome our Sam
1: Peterson <laughs> yeah. with us today. Uh Sam, I how do are like. You doing?
2: Uh, I'm doing great, but I do also like the uh, show name Legendary Space for
1: Vampires.
2: That's... <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's better.
0: We'll just leave it at that then. Change. That's the new, uh, the new show name over there. Yeah. Enjoy that. <laughs> well, uh, Sam, we have been asking people what bender they think they are for the Avatar episodes, but since you are our first reoccurring guest, second time on the show... Uh, you've already answered that question, so mm-hmm. we're going to switch that up just a little bit. I want to ask you, what superpower would you have? We were fumbling a little bit with the <laughs> would you have or which superpower do you want. Both are hard questions. but uh, And I
1: think it's important to clarify. I think the a good reason to say what would you have is because especially... Uh, Highlighted in the movie that we're about to talk about. Sometimes the powers you get aren't always the powers you want.
0: Yep, it's all about so. Your choice.
1: Say you get bit by a radioactive bug, or you uh, <laughs> fall into a vat of radioactive liquid. When you walk out of that vat, what's the power you got? What uh, what what shines?
2: That's just so hard. I, I mean, the one I would want to have, the one I have always like liked, is invisibility. Uh, just because I'm a very Heidi person, but got an invisible boy. (laughs) (laughs) I also I have a fondness for spiders. I I don't kill. I mean, I really don't kill any bugs. I I don't eat meat either. Even skeeters. uh, Oh, mosquitoes can go fuck themselves. (laughs) (laughs) They're not bugs. They're a
0: plague. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I really don't know. It's honestly a question I don't really enjoy, and I'm glad that. I'm one of the hosts of this show and I can decide whether or not I want to answer it and I don't. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad you said that because now I won't be the
1: outlier host doing no. it because that sounds hard no. for me as well. So, ha, if I have to do it, you guys have him. to do it.
2: If I have to do it, you guys have to do it.
1: All right. Well, I think I actually, I'll, I'll help ease you into it because I, I just realized what mine probably would be. I think yeah. I would be like a Mr. Fantastic. Oh, stretch boy. <laughs> I'm pretty tall. I'm pretty thin. <laughs> But like I've got long arms in a particular l- way that just like you know when I reach for something sometimes I imagine did I just
3: stretch like an extra inch
1: <laughs> so I might actually already have that power but uh,
2: <laughs> yeah. that might well, just be the go. California weed though so <laughs> <laughs>
3: fair
0: enough uh I'll I'll uh I'll give you another minute to solidify Sam I guess I'll say. Uh, since you're forcing us to answer as well, (laughs) I think I'd go with telekinesis, but like you know, a limited form of telekinesis. Like, I'm I'm not looking to be like Charles Xavier can like get in tune with every mind on the planet. I just want to move shit with my mind. (laughs) So this is what you want. What What do you think you would what What like
1: is an example of your character? Because I think that's like a great thing about Spider Man is that his powers are you know they kind of show or they're kind of important to what he needs to accomplish physically but it also kind of you know shows what he's capable of mentally i don't know yeah he's flexible he's strong but he's not affected like he doesn't look like a huge man like a huge he's still a boy
0: you know what i mean at least in the beginning of his spidey career yeah uh do you probably still probably still on a telekinesis sort of thing but Probably if it was more reflecting my character, I feel like, and I don't, I don't want this to be like, you know, I don't have flaws. I only have great, great. But like, I read people a lot, and it also gives me a lot of social oh, anxiety. So it probably would be like a em- lot of empathy like, times a thousand. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, the main like, character on seen... Hannibal has like some sort of thing where you can, oh like, yeah, honestly, it's kind of supernatural where you can go into yeah the, you know, at the that level. Totally, yeah. But Sam, you've had enough time. Yeah, you've had enough Give time, an time now, you
1: bastard.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't... I, I mean, I'm going to kind of go off of my personality and admit, like, I'm a person who bottles things up. I'm a person mm. who just, like, kind of compartmentalizes everything. I was also, like, in karate, and I was... uh I purposefully took a lot of beatings just because I was frustrated with myself and stuff. Mm. But, like, I, I would like to think of, like... If we're going off of Fantastic Four, like the thing, like the thing, hell yeah, yeah <laughs> man, just like impervious. I mean, <laughs>
1: it sounds like boy,
2: I'm invincible. But like, <laughs>
0: yeah. no, I yeah. don't
2: know.
1: That's a very telling and very honest approach to the question. I appreciate that because that I think we all gave like a really honest and reflective answer <laughs> Gary, now yours, that I, i'm shut was, up i stretch <laughs> <that's>, real good well
0: uh we uh th- there was one other thing uh i think you guys wanted to talk about before we really dive into the movie and that is yeah usually a very influential about, video game yeah
1: because we uh like to spend this time usually talking about what we've been watching but sam was saying that what he's been watching well it's something that tickles my nostalgia
2: fancy pretty good
1: (laughs) tell us a little bit about it sam
3: yeah
2: i mean i I originally wanted to be on this episode because i played spider-man 2 the video game like to completion that was i think the first game i like completed like 100 percent completed and i did it Mm. my parents didn't really let me play video games for a long time so Mm. i would take my memory card for my playstation 2 and bring it over to a friend's house with the game <laughs> and we would just play it and like a hundred percent complete it and oh yeah i yeah i've been watching i just kind of watched a speed run of it just to kind of jog my memory because it, it had everything in it and man fucking half of that game is mysterio and has nothing I, I to know. do with the movie oh i know
3: Mysterio's I, in it
1: yeah the full, it, whole like, second half right
2: first half or is the it whole the first half first half yeah so He's is like it the just first completely different bo- yeah it's totally i mean you fight like rhino rhino is the first like small boss you fight and then mysterio there's like oh, shit. there's actually a really uh there's kind of a problematic mission in that game where mysterio or quentin beck yeah. uh <laughs> as he is yeah. at the time uh mm. like challenges you and one of the challenges is throwing prisoners into holes. Like, that's the whole challenge. Oh. <laughs> and you have to beat him throwing prisoners. And it's just so, <laughs> it's so weird. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, it was a fun game. It's, it's weird looking back on it. Like, it's a very empty game compared to, like, current open world style mm-hmm. games. But I, it has something that this movie does not where your spider webs always grip onto something like if they can't grip onto something you fall.
0: Oh yeah. There's yeah. a couple scenes that we'll point out that uh yeah. he kind of just that coming from. Is swinging. <laughs> like, Where is that, that coming from? <laughs> yeah. Uh I I confessed the this power to the uh last night but I only played I realized as I was trying to think through I feel like maybe friends of mine had other Spider-Man games and stuff but I think the only one that I played <laughs> was the bad bad Spider-Man 3 game for the Wii. (laughs) Hey, man, I played the shit out of that. Because after (laughs) Spider-Man
1: 2, I was like, how could they not continue, like, going forward? You know, like, it's going to just be that
0: again, but better. So I played the shit out of that game, but it is not better. I remember liking it all right, but getting very frustrated with them trying to incorporate, like, the Wii... Motions and yep. just like flailing my hand around yeah
1: it. yes or like the black suit spider-man in that game being frustrating because like you don't realize it but when you put the suit on it's harder to take off the longer you keep it on right and there literally is just like a point where okay you're just black suit spider-man unless you like yep. delete your file and start the game over <laughs> or something yeah. like that I, yeah but uh I had a fondness with Spider-Man 2 growing up. I had it on the GameCube, though, not on the PS2, which I don't know if that helps at all. But there's (laughs) something, (laughs) like, really nostalgic about a GameCube, you know? You had a better Uh, controller. That's about it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think, though, there was something... When I was watching the movie this time, there was a couple parts where I was like, this feels kind of like the game. But that's because the game probably (laughs) was emulating things out of the movie. But just, like... I don't know, like, go Spidey! Things like that, like, when they <laughs> happen in the game. I don't know. There's, like, it's like this weird chicken or the egg thing for me, where I'm like, which yeah. one... And they're probably both emulating the comic book just really well, and that's mm-hmm. why the game is good, and that's why the movie is good, because they do a good job of honoring good comics, which, yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: I think uh, that's a good segue uh, set up by you there. Set up by you there, yeah. Let's let's get into Spider Man Two. I'm going to start off by mentioning
1: the fact that the other two guys watched Spider Man Two Point One, which okay. is basically just like a director's cut, from what I can tell based on the internet. There's it's literally just an extended version,
0: eight extra minutes. I looked it up. Yep, but that's it. But so
1: what those extra minutes come down to are one scene is completely different. The scene of him on the elevator with that Mm -hmm. guy it's just Mm -hmm. different dialogue there's two or three deleted scenes that are added that are like 30 seconds long and then a quite a few scenes are extended another like half a Mm -hmm. minute um so yeah i went into the movie thinking i'm gonna watch two because that's what i grew up with i don't know if like the deleted scenes would feel jarring or what uh but yeah that's that's what I'm going to recap here. And I think the recap will be exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Basically, the movie is picking up where we left off from Spider Man 1. Peter Parker has been living on his own for a short time. Mary Jane is doing her own thing. She's an actress. He is a pizza delivery guy, but also he is Spider-Man. And it seems that being Spider-Man makes it hard for him to balance all the things in his life. That is like the main theme of Spider-Man 2. It -hmm. starts with him getting fired from his pizza delivery job, continues with him not being able to show up for school. And we find out he's way late on a paper he's trying to write on otto octavius who we're introduced to through harry osborne his best friend from high school because he's still trying to make oscorp a thing it seems that (laughs) even though his father was pushed out he's found a way back in and he's making it relevant again with this extremely talented scientist who peter looks up to so he allows peter to get like an interview with This Otto Octavius character, interesting name, which uh, they even Mm. like nod to the fact that (laughs) it's like, think about that. Anyway, um, and Peter actually finds out that this dude is doing some pretty tricky experimentation, kind of warns him of it. And he seems to know what he's doing. Turns out he doesn't. So this experiment that he does fails leading Otto Octavius or ending with Otto Octavius having... Four mechanical arms attached to his back, and a well, what's the what's the word I'm looking for?
0: Well, it, it's, it's the artificial he's... intelligence of these arms, and the inhibitor gets broken, so they start sort of yep. invading the like, brain.
1: Yep, leaving him to leading him into a path of evil doings, which mm-hmm. Spider-Man tries to stop, but he starts losing his powers because he's juggling. The idea of loving Mary Jane, the idea of going to school and doing what he wants to do, but also trying to save people. Mm -hmm. And this kind of leads to him making a decision to put down the suit. He literally throws it in the garbage and tries to kind of be Peter Parker. He lives nicely with uh like a good life of studying and just focusing on the things he wanted to focus on he tries to get back with mary jane who's basically like yo it's too late and this leads to his now seemingly good but simple life leads to a couple key decisions that kind of make him realize i am spider-man and right when he's making this decision Mary Jane confronts him about what the hell's been going on with his heart. And this is like my favorite scene in any movie ever, which we'll talk about. Mm -hmm. And is the transition from him not knowing who he is to him truly deciding he is Spider-Man and leads into one of the greatest like final acts of an action movie I've ever seen. He confronts Doc Ock. He confronts Harry Osborn. Mm -hmm. He... Saves Mary Jane, and the movie ends on a huh note, (laughs) which we will get to. Yeah, uh, I think I did a decent job recapping it without hitting every single detail, but hitting the main ones. Um, was there anything that sticks out that I missed, or do you want to just dive in?
0: No, I think that I think think that was a good job, uh, especially uh, with the movies. If you don't know, uh, with our Avatar episodes, we kind of break it down beat by beat, but we definitely. Uh, need a little more detailed of a recap, and I think that was uh, just the right amount of details uh, on that gear. So first, we, we're, we're going to talk about pre-production just a little bit, and I just find it interesting. Um, I was re-watching a little bit of—I didn't finish the whole thing because it's a it's a long video, especially for a YouTube video essay, but um, there's a YouTuber called High Top Films. Uh, really, really great YouTuber, and he absolutely adores all three of these uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. And I was watching his one about Spider-Man 2, and he said that uh, Sam Raimi basically never took a day off from starting Spider-Man 1. Like, as soon as they released the movie, he was already working on the second one. Like, immediately, he he, he, he was just into He it. actually had a falling out with... Danny
1: Elfman who did the score really they worked together again years later on that James Franco Wizard of Oz movie oh yeah so I like to think that they like reconcile like things were fixed but Mm. quote I won't quote him because I don't have the quote up but a (laughs) to sum it up Danny Elfman basically said I've never seen someone pushed to that point to the point or pushed to a point where their personality changes so drastically wow so I I like to i don't like to think about it but i imagine that he was literally working so hard he was pushed to what's his name who worked on lord of the rings and the hobbit that poor soul he was probably pushed to that peter jackson like point of what the fuck am i doing you know (laughs) like yeah yeah i think that's a good mirror to the movie though
2: because like (laughs) spider-man is literally pushing himself so hard to juggle
1: these things and
2: yeah he has to decide so like maybe that's a little bit of inspiration
1: for him yeah i agree yeah i've heard there was another quote i saw on imdb that uh alfred molina said that he's never seen a crew work as hard on a movie as the crew that worked on spider-man 2 and that dude's been in movies since like the 60s so he knows what he's talking about yeah wow
0: it shows it shows Alfred Molina uh, the actor for Doc Ock who for, uh, for those who Thank don't you. know yeah um but they they pumped it out and another thing from interviews that I was seeing in this video I was watching uh, Toby Maguire saying and I don't know what I think about Toby Maguire but uh, I I do agree with the sen- sentiment that he could have Sam Raimi could have just like put out another Spider-Man one but he did everything in his power to like up the game as much as possible and stuck the landing like it really does Mm -hmm. feel like he upped the game in so many ways for this for this sequel
1: i read a review on imdb from a user just because i was scrolling past it to read trivia and it was like a nine out of ten review and the Mm -hmm. first line in the review was like after the first movie i went into this really skeptical but it honestly blew it blew the first one out of the water and it was, like, one of the f- reviews from when the movie came out. And I was just yeah. like, that's so cool how, like, a person could dislike the first Spider-Man because right. of the camp, because of the, you know, some of the effects and, like, what it is as a to the core, like, as a mm-hmm. comic book movie. Mm-hmm. But it's so hard to dislike this movie because it's just so good. It's so exhilarating and so... All every dollar that it got was clearly put to good use. And uh, speaking of that, the movie was the most expensive movie to be made until then 2005's King Kong, which when you think about the wow. level of fucking epicness of yeah. King Kong, mm-hmm. uh, but <laughs> yeah. before it was Titanic. So like this movie costs more money than the Titanic. Which they built the actual Titanic for right. that movie. So, <laughs> oh my god. well,
2: the Titanic was also like a, a side project. It was a side project for James Cameron, so he could go to the bottom of the sea. Like, <laughs> they literally made he literally made the movie to make submersibles, so he could like. Oh my fund god,
0: that's so funny. Expeditions, yeah. Wait, and, so uh, I've never seen Titanic. Do they have real footage what? of? Yes, I haven't. I it's just never never gotten around to it. It's a long movie. I I shouldn't never wanted to watch it as a kid. And I think you would like it
1: as a filmmaker, but I get it. Uh, (laughs) But so it's real footage of the of the sunken
0: Titanic that they have. That's
1: how the movie starts. Mm -hmm. So it's not a spoiler to say that it starts with a diving crew finding something in the Titanic, and then they meet someone who was on it, and it's her story, and that's what the movie is. But it's it's all fucking
0: James Cameron, (laughs) classic, right?
1: (laughs) Um, but yeah, this movie cost two hundred million, which for wow. its time is a fuck ton. Uh, yeah. The reason they gave it that much was because Spider-Man One made a hundred and fifty million its first weekend, which at the Ooh. time, nowadays that's still huge, but at the time that was like a record. And this movie broke a record as well. It, it got the biggest first week, uh, biggest opening weekend since Return of the King, uh, just like a year before it or two years before it um but yeah, yeah we, it it made a fuck ton of money
0: and it's 789 million <laughs> in the <laughs> box office think about that in 2004 yeah in 2004 and that's why it got 200
1: because it you know over tripled it so right uh yeah it as far as pre-production goes it sounds like sam Ramy didn't have any <laughs> he <laughs> just kept going yeah it was yeah. Just a uh, long production but I am really glad that he was able to keep going with a higher budget. Because oh, like totally. like you said, he could have made a Spider Man one again. And even if he had the same budget, I'm sure he still would have tried to up the ante. But the fact that he had that budget, right. um yeah, I think the dude figured out, okay, how much money can I spend on practical effects? Because I already know what I can pull off based right. on this first movie. Totally. And he spent the actually right amount of money on visual effects where a lot of movies like this, it's like, oh, shit, we have four weeks left and need to finish like the best visual effects shot of the movie. You know right. what I mean? This feels like that wasn't the case. Oh, absolutely.
0: I, I think we'll get more into specifically uh, like where that money went. Later on in the episode when we get to more uh, production notes. But I think I think let's get into uh, the writing and direction specifically oh, yeah. for this movie. And I think um, the writer, uh, the, the person credited for the actual screenplay itself is named Alvin Sargent. Um, he's got a bunch of credits, not a whole lot that I know. But I think it's pretty clear that him and Sam rammy the director, uh, if you didn't know, we've said his name about a million <laughs> times now. Worked very closely together on the story and the, the script for this movie. Just to talk a little bit about Alvin Sargent, because I
1: don't know much about his uh, work either. But looking through it, it's clear that this is like a big difference in what he... Like this dude made a lot of like 1970s and 80s like poetic
0: indie movies. <laughs> huh. And, and that makes then sense. This. There's a lot yeah. of poetry, like, I mean, literally and sprinkled throughout this movie. Yeah, yeah. Sam, you got the, you do you have a perspective you'd like to share?
3: The
2: poetry's a little cringe. It's the, a little cringe. The poetry's a little
0: cringy. When when he actually like I I did find that a little bit goofy, but I do feel like uh. it fits in with the the like cornball of the movie. You know? Yeah, like I
1: I love it. But only because this whole movie to me feels uh, like it's in a different universe of like it's the thing that you need to immediately. It happens right away in the beginning of the movie and it's what makes me go either eh, or yeah. I'm in. Sometimes yeah. I'm like, uh eh, it's when they're at his birthday party that he didn't realize that was they were throwing for him. And he goes out and throws the trash away. and Mary Jane's out there and she was like, it was good to see you. And his response is. Oh boy yeah.
0: <laughs> and she's
1: like, "Oh boy, yeah, what?" Yeah. And like, 90% of the time I watch the movie, I'm in it. I'm like, he is so fucking in love with her, and yeah. it just makes the poetry moments like, I get it. I've been there. I've tried reciting poetry, but if like that moment doesn't sell, none of it probably will cuz it's it is very like Right. It feels like Romeo like calling up to a balcony for Juliet,
0: yeah. you know? But then you also have lines, like, in the movie that feel that level yes. of poetic. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, yeah. th- Punch the one me that really, bleed. yes, that, that's the one that really sticks out. I'm not an empty seat anymore. I'm different. Punch me and I bleed. Like It's beautiful. It's, it's and so it good. It feels genuine coming out from him. But or poetic, poetic scenes,
1: like yeah. him standing at his window, asking himself, what am I supposed to do? And then the simplicity of someone knocking on his door and offering him a slice of cake and a glass of milk and that's it Mm -hmm. that's what that is and we can talk about that scene more when we get to it but that's like that didn't happen in spider-man one you (laughs) know what i mean well It's it's just taking breaths when it when it needs to breathe still on poetry a little bit
2: like it seemed like while he was actually reciting poetry was didn't quite hit the mark It felt like he learned something from the poetry because like after he started reading the poetry, he started to become more eloquent. He started to like think about, I mean, maybe it's also his like conflict with being Spider-Man and stuff that really changed him. But like, I like to
0: think that that's a big. I think that's a really good point because if you compare like that moment, which is after him reading and intaking a lot more poetry, uh, if you compare that to him when he's on the phone and the time runs out, I mean, it's not terribly eloquent what he's saying. It, it, mm-hmm. it feels like it hits because he's being very direct because he can't. So yeah. talking into this phone to no one saying, I'm Spider-Man. I just want to tell you that like, I love you and I wish I could tell you this. It's not terribly poetic or, you know, lyrical. Mm-hmm. It's wow, accurate. very direct. And, and
1: now that you're saying that, I think I'm realizing I totally agree that when he decides to whip poetry out on Mary Jane after, like, her kind of denying him, that is kind of cringe. Because it feels like, yeah. bro, she's got, like, a husband. <laughs> yeah. But him at the laundromat reciting the poetry to himself always makes me feel good inside for some reason. So I was more defending that because I'm just like... yeah little peter parker with his books of poetry doing his laundry just gives me hope you know no that's but a much better scene he does feel like he whips it out at an inappropriate time he he doesn't in that moment where he when he's trying to like tell mary jane he's changed he feels like he's kind of going a little too fast you know what i mean mm-hmm. like hey i've changed let's just get back into this hey man i'm like let me recite some poetry but then i think he there's like a i love that the scene lingers on him after she leaves cuz he's not super bummed out he's like really proud of himself for putting himself out there and he has a moment of pride which feels really cool too
0: i think also him sitting in the laundromat and reading the poetry could be like somebody told him to read to read poetry to women so he's gonna do it but also it helps reinforce this like he's he's a young guy he's not terribly experienced in the world like he is now out in the world which makes us feel like he is a much more developed mature person because he's juggling like a job and I mean he's not doing a you know very good at any mm-hmm. of these things but um it helps reinforce that juvenile like uh young kid aspect of Peter Parker which is so integral to the character
1: absolutely when he's reading some of the lines you can tell that it's like the first time he's realizing other people feel that way about people you know what i mean right. by that yeah, like when he's, he's reading yeah. day by day i gazed upon her it's almost like he's going oh shit i i didn't realize other people were like that oh you know what i mean yeah, and it's like yeah. it's like a growing moment but also a like you said a, it shows off like this juvenile side of him and it's it's cute I don't know while we're
2: still kind of on the uh relationship between Peter Parker and mary Jane uh and the writing i I kind of feel it's a little inappropriate, and there's i mean especially at the end, like I kind of talked to Kelvin about this too when it ended when Mary Jane leaves her fiance at the altar and like it was like you you knew he was you knew he was Spider man yeah. you couldn't have thought of this like six hours earlier like and 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 there's yeah thing
0: to a person
2: but it's also the other way where it's like Peter Parker is trying to get a woman who is engaged to somebody to come back to him like it it just feels very too late and it's also the fact that like Mary Jane it kind of feels like Mary Jane only loves Peter Parker now I mean she's always had like weird feelings for him but because now that she knows he's Spider-Man she loves him which is like
0: I I mean mean, I don't know I I kind of like the the larger scale structure of that storyline because from the very beginning of this movie she is trying to like I mean at the end of Spider-Man 1 she laid her heart on the line she was mm -hmm. like you don't you make me feel more comfortable than anybody else in the world you're my best friend and I, I actually have feelings for you and he he said I can't and walked away. And so she has still been like sort of lingering on this sort of possibility of getting, of of like being with him. I was going to say getting with him. I mean, I think that's part of it. (laughs) But I mean, they're both hot Hollywood actors. but, (laughs) um, But I like the the steps along the way where he is just she's still there she's willing to be there but he keeps kind of dropping the ball and it is too little too late but also he can see very clearly on her face when john jameson announces that she just agreed to be my wife that she feels embarrassed and like not totally in it so like i agree with you it's not it's it's not the healthiest way a relationship should go or develop I feel like it serves the plot of this movie and the characters well.
1: Yeah. And it's important to note that it's not that him being Spider-Man solidifies her love. It's that all of the excuses now are like, make they make sense and they're forgiven. Where before, if he wasn't Spider-Man, this dude's a fucking dick. So like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, fuck yeah. him. But now that he's Spider-Man, okay, well, that one time... Oh, shit. He was probably literally saving. Okay, yeah. what about that? <laughs> right. You know, like, it, it starts to add up. And then you start to realize her line of, like, I should have the right to make my own choice wasn't. I think that it could have been handled better how yes. she made her own choice. This movie <laughs> was written by a dude yeah. and directed by a dude. But it still is clear that she realized it, you know, probably too late. Like, Wait. I have a choice in this. I'm not just someone's wife. I'm not just Spider-Man's girlfriend. I'm Mary Jane Watson. I get to choose who I get to be with. And her line of telling Peter, why live our lives is half of a whole. We're each going to do live our lives and be Mm -hmm. happy, but we'll only be living half the the life that we want to live because together we complete each other. And then... It also allows for her to say, go get him, Tiger, which is a classic <laughs> nod to the comics. But yeah. they don't let it end there. You know, the end of the movie is her face being like, shit, did I just fuck up? That's how I always view it. Or not yeah. like, did I fuck up? But like, shit, I've got a lot. Yeah. I'm this. There's a lot going on here that I don't even, I didn't really think about. But... I'm doing it, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah, I also think
2: that, like, leaving somebody at the altar is a very, like, 90s, 2000s trope. Yeah.
1: Totally. But I'm a also... Runaway Bride, it, yeah. like, brings... It's, like, a thing. Like, and, like, the shot of her running with, like, the sun in her wedding dress, it, it like, evokes a f- a sense of nostalgia and emotions in me. And J. Jo- J. Jonah Jameson's, like, head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <And then laughs> Margaret. You're popping oh, out. Tell her to close the not to open the caviar (laughs) like it it's enough humor for me to not feel so bad because it's his son up there and he's saying that you know what i mean so i'm like okay if he can joke about this and his own son just got left up there
0: except the thing is not funny for us but he's not joking joking. (laughs) yeah he is not (laughs) oh yeah he's not
1: joking at all you're right
0: you're right (laughs) (laughs) tell him not to open the caviar uh
2: how do you guys feel about the when mary jane kisses sam or is his name sam no oh john John, John, Jameson? John. sorry, yeah, he's John. Little self insert, <laughs> yeah, little self insert there. Sorry, uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: how...
0: when she was kissing me on the couch, <laughs> we were like making it. A... I'm sorry, John Jameson, right?
2: Yeah how do, how do you guys feel about that scene? Because that that was kind of the moment where I was like, oh, she doesn't want to be with this guy. She wants yeah. to be with
0: Spider Man. Like she she yeah. doesn't want to be with Peter Parker either. She wants to be with Spider Man. That's the thing is that that I think is part of what gets to why you feel weird, Sam, and I totally understand it, is like, it feels like most of the movie, she has feelings for Peter, but also she's like searching for Spider-Man, which feels weird that they're almost like equal in her mind. Mm -hmm. And they don't, it doesn't feel like they indicate enough that she has suspicions that Peter is Spider-Man. So it kind of just feels that she's like... I don't know if I want to marry this guy because of that one dude who saved me in an alley one time and gave me real, real, real good upside down smooches.
3: <laughs> yeah. I get,
1: yeah, that's yeah. that's a and it's a valid interpretation of the scene, honestly, because that's this time watching it, kind of how I felt. I was like, wait, are you being what? This feels, but yeah, the thing that I get, I that I usually pull from it, what I like about it is this is Mary Jane's character growth like she uh in the first movie was literally like a trope like she was the bully's girlfriend and like yeah. settled mm. and was abused by her father and like all these tropes that she i don't particularly particularly like are still intrinsic to the character yeah. and her growth is going from that to being with the man that she sees as powerful, that she sees as a superhero. This guy is literally like he played football on the moon. And in the mm-hmm. comics, he actually is like a big deal too and ends up mm-hmm. being a, a villain later oh. in the Spider-Man franchise. Um, which is cool.
0: Yeah, Sam was saying last night it would be it would have been so cool if this character could have come back in Spider-Man 3 as like something. I th- of- I
1: like to think that Sam wanted him to. Yeah. I Sam Ramy seems to have had a lot less control over the third installment than he did over these first, which we'll probably get to after uh, we watch that one but uh, she goes from that to this guy who's like who she now thinks like she deserves because of her experiences with Spider-Man she like realizes she doesn't have to be settling for some low life but she still is like not actually deciding for herself like I love this guy she's thinking who she should be with and then in the end the moment when she realizes Peter truly is Spider Man, and the that the hero that saved her is equal to, because he didn't just save her; he kissed her. I don't know. It kind of like it all comes yeah. together for her and makes her realize like she can have what she wants, and it's not like settling. And it's I don't know. It's sure. They, it's I, it's handled in a it's 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 rocky because sure. it's a fucking comic book, you know. Yeah. But yeah. it's at the same time. I think a little deeper than just like the uh, surface level reading of it. It's like you could really dive into her character's growth and the fact that the movie ends with her face is why I think that Sam thought a lot about her as a character more so than he did in the first movie.
0: It felt so satisfying to me especially as a fan of the genre that Sam Raimi who has such background in you know he did the Evil Dead movies such background in (laughs) horror Got the opportunity to, like, really build that into one scene in particular in this movie. But there's oh, a man. lot of influence throughout. Probably my yes, scene. Yeah. But, oh, my God, that scene. Doc Ock feels
1: like a horror villain,
0: yeah? you know? It's it's to remind people. It's the scene where, where Doc Ock is uh, on the hospital bed. And Otto Octavius is unconscious. But his arms come to life. And they're about to operate on him to remove the arms. And the arms just, like rip these people apart i mean the it they like it is horrifying yeah two is... fun facts about the scene
1: actually first one it was originally going to be a test scene for the visual effects of the arms oh and the studio was like this is in the movie right and sam was like fuck yes it is <laughs>
3: awesome <laughs> and
1: they allowed him to just make the scene uh there is a book book a teleplay like a book version of the movie where they go into a lot more depth of like Mm -hmm. each scene and what the characters are thinking in each scene Mm -hmm. and in that they describe this in much more detail and it is literally a hard r horror scene characters are like disemboweled but we don't see that but just knowing that, like, I mean, I already knew that they—well, those
0: there's people are like dead. The chainsaws, yeah, and the yes. bone saws. Oh man! The Honestly, the moment screams. when the camera
1: it zooms in on the guy's face, zooms in on the chainsaw he's looking at, and then zooms in on his hand lifting the chainsaw into the air—I yeah. was like, "This is Evil Dead 2. I'm, I'm laughing and crying at the same time. Yeah. How? Or like the woman being dragged and then replay like her nails dragging yeah. against the ground oh god that's one oh. of the, that's the, the most bone chilling one yeah if you absolutely. ever want to put that in a movie the way they did that was they dragged her across a floor made of wax and then it's all sound effects oh yeah isn't that cool as fuck that is really cool damn but yeah that that scene i think made me notice how many cool horror and not just horror but like my brother always talks about how horror directors have the most connection with the camera. Mm. He always finds that like a horror movie with a bad director who doesn't know his camera just isn't scary. Mm. And like this movie has so many good camera moments Mm -hmm. that I feel the director of horror movies was influential on. Like the moment when we first see uh, Harry Osborne in his mansion it's introduced in a storm, and each thunder crack is a different diagonal. Dutch angle, zooming yeah. in to the mansion. Or that scene when Doc Ock appears at that mansion, and it's like yep. fucking Jurassic Park thumps mm-hmm. on his oh, like glass God. of scotch, oh, yeah. and the panning from side to side, the panning side to side, and the then he looks over, there. and then boom, yeah oh, actually good jump scares. There are like three
0: in this movie, and it's a comic book movie, you mm-hmm. know. And there's a lot of good stylized like quick zooms and close-ups and okay the
1: (laughs) oh so in the first movie the final shot they actually created a rig to they (laughs) called it like the swing rig where the camera swings through the city and then they added a cgi spider-man into that this movie uses it a couple three or four times and it it, they Mm -hmm advanced the technology yes but um the shot that starts with him swinging and then zooms out and then out of doc ox sunglass reflection yeah <laughs> yeah fucking dope that that might be one of the coolest shots in a superhero movie and we just had 10 years of superhero movies like two <laughs> every year <laughs> right yeah. you know what i mean yeah. and they still haven't like managed to up the ante from that shot all right.
0: Yeah. <sighs> no, totally. There's also there I I just want to point out that like I want to commend Bill Pope the director of photography on this movie as well as like working with Sam Raimi. I'm sure that all of the stylized moments are in very they fit to the script perfectly. Mm-hmm. They they yeah. are emphasizing specific moments. Like the most dense scene of stylized moments is that coffee shop scene, which is like the critical turning point for our protagonist. There's and the, my favorite scene even in the little, movie of all time. Even the little thing where you like fade in favorite. through the coffee shop glass to yeah. establish inside. Yes, and then the the close ups involved in that, and then the slow mo and the boom. Boom! Boom! The zooms in, the, the his zoom spider in. sense coming back, and yes, yeah. the, and then even the end
1: of the scene, we get. uh I never noticed it before watching it for this, but to kind of like bring everyone up to speed, Peter and MJ just had their cafe meet up at the end of the movie, and Doc Ock threw a car through and took MJ, throwing Peter into rubble. Yeah, the way he escapes the rubble,
3: <laughs> first it's <Yeah>. a
1: <laughs> small shot, just like a. Two frames of a fist coming through. Yep. And then it cuts his to him, whole bursts, his whole body. His whole body just <laughs> bursting through. Yeah. I don't know. I just love little things like that. Like, they didn't need to edit in the fist first, but because they did, it feels like a superhero just burst out of the rubble. Yeah, yeah totally. But yeah. I said,
2: <sighs> I said this to Calvin a lot through the movie, but there were so many, like, shots and lines that just made me want peter parker to say i am (laughs) spider-man like it (laughs) was like a dozen times where he was talking to mary jane and he was like i am spider-man would have been so fucking funny and great but i mean it was still it was still good hope but that that was a scene that's a scene where i just wish he burst out of the ground and said
0: i am (laughs) spider-man uh i think we should I, I want to ask one more question, one more discussion topic before we move on to the performances in this movie. And uh, it's regarding to something Sam was sort of bringing up. You seemed a little bit, as we were watching it, questionable, or, or questioning of the Spider-Man losing his powers. And, like, yeah. why why does he why does that happen? And why does he just get them back? And I kind of agree that getting them back in full force feels a little bit like... He realized the woman he loves, and now she's being taken. Uh, maybe a little bit cheesy, but I'm just curious if you have anything to say on that, and if if uh just open discussion topic for that.
2: It, it wasn't just that, like him getting his powers back all of a sudden. It felt kind of like a movie Vice. By the way, sure. I love this movie. I'm I'm gonna be critical of this movie just because. Yeah, yeah we're on movie... a podcast. Yeah. It down. <laughs> uh, it seemed like his powers stopped working when he needed them most, which I understand is like a big thing in superheroes, sure. just like in general, uh, their powers not participating with them. But it was just like very convenient times for him to lose his powers. And it didn't feel like it was connected to him. Like, I think the first time he loses his powers, he we don't see the, any the web stress. Shooting. Yeah, oh, the sure. Web- yeah. We, we don't see, like, any of his stress. And maybe that's just his
1: introduction to be like, oh,
2: no, Spider-Man's having problems with his powers.
1: Well, to speak on that, the reason he loses him the first time, he's actually just swinging to swing. He's right. doing it as, like, a stress reliever. Hmm. So, like, I think that, yes, I've, I think I saw that watching not high top films, but uh, someone else on YouTube's video about it. And they pointed out how, like, the first time he loses his powers, it's he's just, like, swinging nonchalantly, doing the thing that always brought him peace. Because it's it, like, feels like a nod to the first movie, him, like, learning how to swing. Mm-hmm. Now he's just, like, casually swinging. Like, this is just something I can do. Like, no big deal. And then all of a sudden, it, you know, he loses it. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I always see that scene as, like, him losing his last escape from stress Mm. but i agree it could have been useful for them to like i mean the first the that's that's another thing i want to talk about that's kind of directional too that first scene um is all shot on handheld actually i don't know if you noticed that but the when he first is in the pizza pizza Mm -hmm. shop it's all handheld and you can just tell like oh like I'm like this is gonna be a task and then Mm -hmm. when he's swinging it's shot smoothly and when he's spider-man it's smooth and then when he comes out of that closet with all the brooms it's handheld again and (laughs) he's back to being like oh shit this is really difficult for me so like I like to think of that the opening of this movie being like i'm spider-man and it fucking sucks <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know what i mean and then that's why he starts losing his powers but oh, okay when i was a kid it really frustrated me i'm gonna be honest i was <laughs> always like powers? pissed off at the the middle 25 minutes of this movie i was always yeah. just like not happy with him losing them but the raindrops keep falling on my head sequence mm-hmm. always brings me back because yeah. yeah. i think that is brilliant yeah Honestly,
0: yeah, the relief from that huge responsibility that has been the main thing making his life more complicated, as we've seen from the very beginning. I love the way that they established this. Like, here we are, the sequel to like the biggest one of the biggest movies ever. And Mm -hmm. the first couple scenes are him delivering pizza, him (laughs) failing school, him not realizing it was his birthday, and his. You know, everybody kind of being a little disappointed and frustrated with him. Like, yeah. so many superhero movies open with like a big action sequence to get you invested. Yeah. And then, and that shows you where the priorities in the writing and the direction of this movie are. It's the characters, it's character driven. Now, there's some incredible action set pieces, but like the beginning is getting you involved in that. Yeah. yeah, I
1: mean the first shot is literally Mary Jane's face yes. fade out and right. it's a billboard I and he's driving that past that billboard and he's stuck looking at it and then has to screech his brakes because he almost hits someone. And he's Spider-Man. He can't just like run into someone. How is this even happening? He's having trouble juggling the things that are, you know, yeah. on his in his heart with the things that are on his mind. It's, mm-hmm. And then God, I mean this is a good way to transition into acting. Every scene with, I think her name's Rosemary Harris, right? Yep. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Aunt, May. Aunt May. God, they're, they're written really well. Yeah. But her performance.
0: She's incredible. Not
1: just in the scene where she's just silent and yeah. he's admitting to her. The, oh, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that in more detail maybe. But I want no, to talk about quickly Okay. <laughs> no, please. <laughs> <laughs> when he goes back and she's like unpacking Yeah and she delivers that monologue that he then takes to heart and tells Doc Ock at the end. Yes. Sometimes you have to let go of the things you love, even your dreams. You know, mm-hmm. like do you mm-hmm. have it written
0: down? Is that why you're looking down by chance? Yeah, I just have so many notes and I need yeah. to not do this for movies because <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we don't talk as specifically moment to moment, and it's just kind of all a bunch of notes. <laughs>
2: while while you're looking at your notes, a uh, quick aside about the pizza. As a pizza delivery person, <laughs> one, those
1: pizzas are fucked. Like, <laughs> yeah. Those pizzas like, are inedible. You can't expect her to <laughs> even want Miss Bones over there to take yeah. those pizzas.
2: But on the other hand, three minutes late for pizza... I know it's New York and people are a little bit more brash in New York. Coming from somebody who's never been to New York.
1: But, (laughs) like, three minutes late? Doesn't say, doesn't Mr. Aziz say, though, that they have, like, a 15-minute delivery promise? 29 minutes. One minute. 29 minutes on eight
2: pizzas. Eight pizzas. Yeah,
0: on eight pizzas. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. That's a
2: full pizza oven. That's a
0: full, like, small-scale pizza.
1: I really do love the uh, <laughs> acting in Tobey Maguire's eyes in that yes, scene. Yes, When he's standing there in front of Mr. Aziz and he he's has a look of a apology and oh. then a look of hope when he takes a step forward yeah. and then the crushed hope when he rips the sticker off. Yeah. And then we cut to Mr. Aziz and even he delivers this line of, I'm sorry, I just got to do it. You got to do what you got to do, basically. Yeah. And you feel like, Man, this dude isn't a bad guy. Like mm-hmm. he is just—he needs to cover his ass. He just lost
0: eight pizzas worth of money. That's a lot, you know. Okay, yeah. three things on stuff we've already touched <laughs> on. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> First one is I found the the Aunt May speech, Ooh. and I loved it so much. Uh, I believe there is a hero in all of us. It keeps us honest. It gives us strength makes us want to be noble and someday it allows us to die with pride but sometimes that hero in order to be that hero you need to be steady and give up the thing that you want the most
3: oh that's
2: Ugh. also like the thing that toby want or i'm sorry the thing that peter wants <laughs> toby. the most toby, is uh to be spider-man it, like he wants the most to be spider-man but right. him being spider-man is also the hero. Like.
0: Yeah, but also being that thing is also making him not able to have Mary Jane, which is yeah. also probably the thing, the he, thing he as a person that's really true. wants the most. That's
2: true. Yeah, He, it's he wants
0: so many things. That, yeah. That's part of what's great about the writing and what I want to commend, which was actually my second thing, Toby Maguire for is I actually, I've seen him in some other things and uh not as impressed. And I've seen interviews with him. I don't know. As a person, what I think of him, but <laughs> he's spectacular in these movies. He conveys Perfect. so yeah. much. Maybe when he's emotional. He has his faces are a little a, bit goofy. But
3: they're memeable, but, they never, they but never, there's a reason
1: for it. They're yeah, because they're real. Like when you see yes. him running right. on sprinting on the roof of that yeah. building and it cuts to his face and he literally looks like a horse. Like <laughs> and I don't mean that in like I'm making fun of his face shape. No, I mean no. like if I were running at that pace at full sprint and I was thinking What way could I make my face so that I'm exerting as much force as I can into my legs to run (laughs) like a horse would? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He does that. Like he doesn't look like Tom Cruise running, which is like a whole different type of like, oh, cool, run. This is like, this dude is running his ass off. Or like when he sees Mary Jane about to be crushed in front of him and we just get the iconic Spider-Man (laughs) <laughs> like Peter okay, Parker scream, <laughs> fucking busted <It's>, out laughing. Though I will, it's say. iconic. <laughs>
0: it is iconic, but and it's like fully like the intensity if you that you moment watch requires. It with but... the,
1: yes, if you watch it with like a, because like I watched this movie semi recently, kind of a little, you know, a couple drinks with mm-hmm. my roommate who's super into these movies too. He's mm-hmm. the same age as us. Yeah, and when that moment happened, it like grabbed my heart. Yeah. I felt that scream, you know? Yeah. This time I also laughed because I was watching it from a critical lens <laughs> no, and I was thinking right, about yeah, the memes, yeah. stepping and back like, a little bit this time. And if, if anybody miss. hasn't seen this, I highly implore you to look up uh Toby Maguire in the MCU on YouTube because uh, it's hilarious. <laughs> they edit in clips of Toby Spider-Man <laughs> into scenes from the MCU. <laughs> okay. Most of the time the clips are either Evil Tobey Maguire dancing from Spider Man 3 or this screen.
0: And it's yeah.
1: brilliant.
0: The other end of Tobey Maguire, though, and I want to commend him for this as well. He's able, they're a little bit goofy when you just see the shots and you're like detached from it, but he reaches those levels of intensity that the moments require and they mm-hmm. feel organic in them. But also, it's the little stuff. It is the moment of him and Mary Jane in that backyard scene that mirrors the scene from the first movie where they were able to connect and those extreme close-ups and that's i'm also bringing back what i was saying about the you know the camera intensifying important moments these extreme close-ups on both of their faces as she's saying is there something you want to say and there's like 15 full seconds which is a long time to for silence in something like this of peter just wanting more than anything to just say everything he wants to say to her. I am Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sam, that's another That was moment. one of those yeah. moments. <laughs> um, but, not, but realizing he's not able to, realizing how sad it is, and this mm-hmm. is all in a very... It, emoting his so much and his through mouth. his eyes and his like mouth. muscles. With
1: no stomach. movement.
2: Yeah, just so flat
1: and... In the yeah. way he sometimes speaks by only moving his lips, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's such a Tobey Maguire thing, yes. but it works so well for these scenes. Mm-hmm. And I want to also talk about these scenes work so well in this movie, even compared to, they worked great in the first movie, but in comparison, it's like, if you look at some of these scenes next to each other, the lighting, yeah. Bill Pope, mm-hmm fucked this movie up (laughs) in a good way he went hard mary jane in those close-ups in that scene you're talking about right now looks like a literal angel yeah Yeah. literally like her she's glowing in her hair and like the shadows that accentuate like her face Mm -hmm. and then any scene with doc ock in it with his sunglasses and the way the lighting hits them and the reflections in them it's lit so well. This yes. movie realized that the best scenes in Spider-Man 1 were during the golden hour. So they were like, mm-hmm. he's only awake between the hours of 6 o'clock and 8 o'clock p.m. Like, <laughs> right. yeah. That's the only time things happen. Otherwise, they're amazing action scenes or the gala scene. You know? Mm-hmm. Like,
0: yeah. Oh, but then God. Yeah. Uh, which is a good segue to talking about Alfred Molina, who I think is so perfect for this role.
1: Wow. He goes hard, man. He goes hard. He yeah. thought Willem Dafoe was the best comic book villain. Right. Uh, Hello. Uh-uh. Here he is. Still, though, like Willem Dafoe makes a cameo appearance and oh, it feels fantastic. awesome. Yeah. Fun, um, fun fact about that cameo, he was just walking by one day and saw them making Spider-Man 2 on the street. No way. was like, hey, guys, what's up? And they were no like, way. Willem Dafoe. Yes, I swear to God, this is real. <laughs> Do you wanna be and in Spider Man like, too? Are you free? And he's like, <laughs> I am. <laughs> I'm free. And, well, I Will I'm and they follow. put him in that scene. I don't know what if the scene was there at different? all or That's if it was like, like one him talking to himself but that's it's like it's one of the most essential. poetic it's essential to images the images and moments literally the movie. what the fuck? <laughs> literally
2: <laughs> just use his voice or
1: see what i was i was actually thinking maybe they originally had it written similarly to how they wrote them in the first movie where harry or would see harry like a dark version so. of himself maybe yeah but that doesn't make sense because he hasn't gotten the green goblin's powers this all is poetic and makes sense and is beautiful and awesome and
0: avenge me is yeah. so
1: good Anyway, Alfred Molina, we didn't praise him enough. Let's
0: get back yeah, to it. Yeah, Alfred Molina. Because even in this first scene where you meet him as uh, Dr. Oh. Otto Octavius, I find him charming. I think, Sam, you'd mentioned you, you, you felt I didn't a little like him about the him scene. in the first scene. Yeah, I, I didn't like, him like in it scene. Because there's... He is charming, but it feels a little performative. And I think that's what you're getting. But I think that's on purpose because I think the character is a little bit performatively charming because the artificial intelligence of these arms, they influence him, but mm-hmm. he's not completely controlled by them. He they tap into a side of him that is able the to arrogance. get so obsessive. The arrogance, the drive. How many to times do I have to go over with beautiful? you? Beautiful, yeah. Like <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, I, I and Peter and, is just being like,
1: I just don't understand how it could work. And his well, arrogance. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Right,
0: his <laughs> arrogance with like. W- but if this goes wrong, wouldn't it like blow up the city? And he's like, "That's not going to go wrong." And then it does. Like, yeah. I don't know. I I liked him, but
2: I didn't feel the. Uh, fake charm from him it, it just okay. i don't know if it was a matter of like the i, I think it was honestly the writing of the scene that was a little because later like when he is actually with his wife and mm. peter at like dinner that mm. is a I phenomenal scene. scene like okay. yeah that's what yeah. i'm thinking of
0: actually but i guess oh, I get what you mean so are,
2: you're talking about the first
1: introduction with harry and like, peter mr connor's tells me it's brilliant right yeah but he also tells me a lazy <laughs> yes you know brilliance
0: yep. is a thing to be regarded whatever it's a know, yeah, gift he's, you know. to be used for the good of mankind he's he's yes. a
2: little flat there and maybe it's just because james franco is in that scene and he is
1: really a drain yeah. on this movie Honestly, unfortunately
2: I agree. james
1: franco's not really good be bad in this. <laughs> i think i just have a soft spot for james franco cuz i just find him charming like like his anger just cracks me up you know and then he is all right as a angry drunk. I think it's all like the best. If anyone, scene, his
0: best scene in this
1: movie is when he's drunk. <laughs> like, yeah. Yes, he's good, but <laughs> he's good at it. Like he doesn't feel like a fake drunk. You know what I mean? He yeah. honestly, that's kind of creepy and scary to think about. <laughs> but the thing that I was like, is he tapping into some Willem Dafoe here, or is this not good? I think he is when he trying to be. Takes a little the bleeding. mask off of peter off of spider-man sees it's peter and he goes (laughs) drops the knife his eyes bulge he falls back it's this very very comic book moment and i'm watching a comic book movie yeah but the same comic book movie has a moment between or the first one has a moment between him and willem Dafoe, who's just as good at cheesing it up right don't tell harry that's like real emotion yeah Like that's not cheesy i don't know Mm. they I think Franco's problem in this movie is that he just doesn't quite get what movie they're making. Yeah, you know what I yeah. mean. I don't think he knows. He what would fit a little a bit movie. better in like Guardians of the Galaxy or something. I don't know.
0: Maybe not even that. Mm. I, don't... I think I think he's brooding too hard. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's not he's in just a comic too, movie. He's trying to play it I really Spider Man. Yeah, when
1: he yeah. like slams down <laughs> the paper.
0: And the like I first scene with him where he's like. What with your friend Spider Man? <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah, that and then
1: he stands up and like walks away, like walks yeah, over to the yeah. shelf, like he's gonna have a drink, right. and then the f- scene fades and they're gone. Right? right? What happened after that? How do you conversate after that little? Like he yeah. he yeah. must have just left. I don't know, but there is something I think I just is nostalgia that allows me to have like
0: horse blinders up <laughs> to him. I think you also, know I mean? like, we've been won over by him in this role in the first movie, and yeah. I think James Franco is cast much better in the role that Harry Osborne plays in the first movie than yes, James Franco is in Harry Osborne than the role that he plays in this yeah,
1: movie. Yeah, because he's, he's a charming friend who's, who's, like... Who has sort of dad know, issues, that he's it. trying to live up yep, to his dad. And like, he seems, like, based on his looks, like... Wait, wouldn't that guy be Spider-Man? Right. You know what I mean? He's kind and of a high guy. A, with the... You almost get a sense that, like, he should be jealous of Peter for, for being Spider-Man, even though he doesn't know he's Spider-Man. Like, there's this weird feeling I get in the first movie of, like, he was, like, the first one to hit on Mary Jane, and he was the first one to date her, and, like, all this stuff, but then in this movie, that, like cool guy charm rich kid daddy issues also his best friend mm. is very much on the back burner right and he's i want to kill spider-man to Is to the spider i yeah. do love him going uh nobel prize right nobel prize <laughs> like that side of him really does work because it doesn't yeah. work yeah he doesn't know how to be a rich guy and <laughs> it's really funny yeah. you know what right. i mean by that yeah like
0: he's so yeah yeah getting back to Alfred Molina for yes, just a moment. Sorry, No, no, I think it, it all, all of that was good, but his ability to go from what we see him in the beginning and really inhabit a villain, he feels very genuinely comic book villain. Like, live yeah. action. He feels very yes. suited to the tone of this movie. You know what I him mean? Him saying, you need to read a
1: poetry, feels right. Right. And him saying... I'll peel the flesh off her bones. Right. Also feels right. Yeah. And it's a transition from there to there and then back to, I will not die a monster. Yeah. No. Oh. Yeah. That is the full circle and all of it is done expertly. I feel like we got to talk a little teeny bit more about Kirsten Dunst because we talked about her writing and her as a character sure, sure. and how that was handled, mm-hmm. but as an actress, I've seen a lot of people complain about these movies, hmm. and they throw Kirsten under the under that bus just as well as James Franco. And I don't get that at all. I think She's she is phenomenal. She's holding really up to all of these mm-hmm. like powerful performances around yeah. her because she isn't the main character, but kind of is. You yeah. know what I mean by that? Yeah. Like this kind of feels like a movie that we are Mary Jane watching it. Like, she's the one I she's, sympathize yeah, with the, the foil, most almost. Yeah. Like, there are scenes where Peter is fucking up, and you're almost like, damn it, Peter. Like, you know, when he calls her and she's like, you missed my play, fuck you. I almost sympathize <laughs> right. more with her in that scene. And yeah. she doesn't say a word, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, her. And I think it does have, there is like a whole thing with her being able to just have her real hair. And there's something about her outfits in this movie and her energy that feels like... Sorry, my dog just flapped. Dog <laughs> 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 There's something about her energy that just feels... The first movie felt like, we're going to try to write a girl next door character. Mm. This movie felt like they let Kirsten Dunst be... Uh, actual person. yeah, You know more, what I yeah. mean? Fully
0: fleshed character. Yeah. She yeah. seemed very good. While mature. some of
1: the writing doesn't allow for nuanced decisions, I think her performance brings the nuance out. You know what I mean? No, I mean... Like, some of those looks she gives Peter... I'm so sorry. I'm so rambly. You're good. Today. You're good. I just love her face. It's <laughs> just so good.
2: No, I, I was going to say, like, the reason I kind of questioned the weird problem I have with her and Peter and john jr's relationship is because she is such a good actor she is doing such a good job selling these points like she is yeah. heavily conflicted and yeah while i don't like really agree with how the relationship goes i'm like oh yeah well sometimes i guess that's life in new york yeah. when, you, <laughs> yeah. when spider-man exists so <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. hey i mean you've been kissed by a superhero you're gonna look off into the distance when you're beautiful fiance goes wow i'm on the moon are you there with me nothing breaks my heart more than her not even responding looking off thinking damn it you're not (laughs) spider-man yeah yeah it is a little bit funny that she
0: approaches him i mean we touched on this just briefly but that she approaches him and she's like i want to try something lean your head back and i just want her to just like kiss it and she basically might as well do this but just like shove his face away and go like yeah you don't Mm -hmm. kiss upside down like (laughs) spider-man you're not
3: hanging from a web
0: (laughs) right um but no, I I think she delivers a lot of really fantastic scenes, especially the the coffee shop scene where she is just like pleading. Mm-hmm. It's like one final, like, listen, I'm giving you one more chance. Like, do you feel this way about me? And even when he says he doesn't, she's like, okay, I need to close this out. I need like some kiss sort me. of conclusion with this. Give me kiss a kiss. Me. That's all I need.
1: I Oh, it's my favorite movie scene ever. It just is. I don't. I don't know what it, it's like. The it encompasses the- everything I love about making movies. Yeah. It, it's, it's like a great dialogue scene between two characters who we've grown to love. Both of them give knockout performances. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, we recognize the sound, the zoom. We see over his ear. We know what it means. Yep. It's like the coolest feeling and then I gotta say, the this is a great way for us to transition into effects. Him jumping—well, we don't have to quite yet. I see a face. <laughs> Him jumping and grabbing her and moving his face so the tire, yeah, ooh. like shaves by his face. Her scream edited in. It's just—I'm getting chills right now. It's like the opening of the Matrix for me. Oh, absolutely! Like, it
0: genuinely is. Uh, oh let's all let's right pause right on that moment so we can come back to it we're getting up on the clock so i just want to rattle off a couple names that i noticed in this movie about the, oh, the yeah. surrounding cast because just like in the first movie where you're like wait what the fuck <laughs> there's a bunch of actors in this movie that it's just like they went on to have successful careers that maybe they were like just starting at the point when they were entering this movie but i i mean firstly i want to uh commend donna murphy who plays uh rosalie octavius his wife mm-hmm. and also i love that character it's it's like it's not just otto's wife she's yeah. also like an academically successful uh, and they paid a lot for her too did you know that really she got like really high billing on this movie
1: hell yeah she's up there with toby and
0: otto fantastic she, uh, she, alfred yeah she also her next biggest role in her resume that i saw was she's the voice of um Entangled, the 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 villain in the movie Tangled, the queen or whatever, the, yeah, uh, the witch lady, oh. the uh, I don't remember. Yeah. Anyway, there's Mother. also uh Daniel Day Kim from Lost. Yeah, that's right. Is in this Jin. movie. Uh, he's one of the like engineers Honestly, for Auto.
1: This movie mm-hmm. is why. Uh, like I think I watched this movie during my Lost binge and yeah. went. Wait a second. Because Mm -hmm. in Lost, the character he plays is Korean and does not speak English. Right, yeah. So, like, when you watch this and he's like, all right, doctor, we've got the... (laughs) You're (laughs) like, wait a second. Yep.
0: You've got uh, comedians. Joey Diaz is, like, the first one to step up in front of Otto Octavius on the train. Uh, In that scene, you've got other comedians like Asif Manvi is the pizza... Uh, pizza shop owner, Mr. Aziz. You've got Bruce Campbell again, because Bruce Campbell and Sam Ramy are good friends. They and started, are together, their, career they started together. their careers together. So he had him in the first movie as the person running the wrestling ring, and now he's this fucking shithead usher at the theater. Oh, yeah. I love that scene so much. <laughs> um, Apparently there's a deleted...
1: I, or maybe this was in... Was this in your version? Apparently yeah. there's a scene where Peter webs his foot to the ground and sneaks into the play but it's too late and the play is ending. No, but no, I didn't that did was in there.
0: At the ending of the scene, Peter like lifts his hand <laughs> and then decides not to. So I think that's that's kind of interesting. Maybe they, I don't know, maybe they, they shot right before that for yours because that didn't that. happen in mine even. Yeah. Um yeah, that was a little bit extended in ours, I think. And then the last one I I want to highlight is Joel McHale is in this fucking movie, yeah, (laughs) of Community fame mostly, but also The Soup, and this is one of his like first roles. This is this came out the same year he started The Soup. This is a really
1: great like if you're gonna do this role and you want to like be a guy one day, you better do it like this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he feels like a Chris Pratt. He nails it. uh, Side character from Chris Pratt's past almost. I want to mention two uh, actors who – I don't know the name of the first one that I wanted to mention because I only recognized him and then saw in the trivia that I was right. Uh, The gentleman who goes, there's a poor kid on the second floor. We don't know. Like that Mm. guy in the the scene with the burning building Uh is the dude who yells,
3: if
2: you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. Oh, no In the first
1: Spider-Man movie and throws a pipe. It's the same guy. Wow. Cool. isn't that fucking cool that is really it's, cool. and it's the same character it's not just the same yeah. actor like they had it's him in the, the, the same, same character like, style of clothes and it's literally like he's like a neighborhood guy like he he lives in that neighborhood and like cares yeah. about the people in this building and that's why he was there and then the other one i want to point out by name phil lamar who we were actually oh, just shit. talking about on our avatar podcast yeah which is this podcast but you know on that <laughs> episode. the earth king yeah so he was originally going to he auditioned for the role of guy in elevator There's oh. a scene oh, yeah. where spider-man yeah. takes it's an elevator extended down in 2.1
0: too it's very yep. funny but yeah it's a
1: yeah he didn't get that scene but they gave him he's just on the train just like uncredited on the train
0: yeah isn't that funny That's like you wouldn't cool. even
1: notice it but uh, Phil Lamar is Samurai Jack, so and he was Marvin in Pulp Fiction.
2: Quick other character I want to talk about, because I did recognize him in the... Uh, he's the garbage man. He's the one who brings in Spider-Man's suit. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, his name is Brent. That guy's a guy, too. Yeah, Brent Briscoe. Uh, I know him most as JJ from JJ's Diner and Parks and Rec. Okay. Hell so, yeah. Wow. Hell yeah. yeah. But he's also You're in right. like, a bunch of funny stuff. He's also in like The Green Mile and... A sling blade holy like. shit yeah.
0: he's in the green mile yeah
2: he was one of the one big ones i recognize i just looked him up now but
0: also a quick shout out to um <laughs> the countless very 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 2000s hot girl with a crop top oh, going yeah. to the camera and going <laughs>
1: okay because and it wasn't just screams there was the girl in the office who literally screams running into the camera Yep. then there were like three girls who run into the camera shouting save us spider-man save us right classic oh my god i do love that in shazam uh the david sandberg film he nods to those not to the fact that it's like 2000s like it's a girl in a crop top but Uh to those shots with like a shot of a woman uh like the camera following shazam as he flies away and then stopping on a woman's face as she looks up like wow right i love shots like that i think sam rammy does a really cool the thing about sam rammy is he like comes from like classic he likes that classic movie yeah the Mm -hmm. the feeling of like a girl screaming into the camera is classic you know Mm -hmm. yeah but it's borderline now like we look at these things and go Mm. is this okay like is this shining a light in a is this perpetuating ideas about women in society that are harmful to uh the general like approach to women right yes yeah yes they are (laughs) yes so i think it's okay to address that but also be like oh i still kind of love it though that moment when doc ock is going up the side of the building and she just starts screaming and runs into the camera it's so good yeah Um, but yes it is also damaging to the overall
0: societal (laughs) yeah thing yeah I say we move on to production, and I think there's yeah. one main thing we got to be sure to cover in detail, and that is these Octo-Arms. Mm-hmm.
3: So the way
1: we, they did these arms, I'm sure you guys already know this and did a little research, but I feel like I've been rambling a lot, so I'm going to keep doing yeah, it. You're Fuck it. you guys. <laughs> Today's my episode. This is my favorite movie. Um, <laughs> Do it. There were four puppeteers assigned, one assigned to each arm, and they always had the same arm. And each arm actually has specific functions. Yeah. So Alfred Molina nicknamed each arm. Oh, wow. And I uh, can't find the nicknames right now. I just know that he nicknamed only one of them a more, like, feminine name because he considered it, like, the mother of the the tentacles. Mm. And it's the one that pulls off his... Oh, uh, that has, has the, the slipcover on his eyes, inside. puts his glasses on, and yeah. gives him a drink. I think it's the, the one, one he one interacts does... with most. Most. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's what he considered, Alfred Molina himself considered like the mother. And according to uh, Sam Rammy, there's like a lot more going on than we know as watchers of this film. Yeah. Apparently, these tentacles, these arms literally are speaking to him in his head. It's mm-hmm. not just like a. Like a motivation thing. Yeah. It's they're controlling him, and each one speaks to him separately. Wow! And they all have like motivations, and they work together, and they call him father. They like <laughs> look up. Like it's like this wow. whole like. It's I don't know what the, what that's called. That's not symbiotic, it's or is par- that symbiotic? parasitic? Parasitic is that parasitic yeah, at that parasitic, point? Yeah. So it's really interesting when you think about like what's going on. Also, the needles. In that scene, yeah, that's real. They didn't go us back though, did they? They used real needles. I it said it on IMDb trivia. But the scene where Doc Ock gains his arms uses real needles. So I'm thinking either a it's a lot smaller than it looks or thinner and not as painful or B, it's not a real guy. Cause that is a zoomed in that, shot. That, and that I would is, like, I would bet that it's a, it's a dummy, back. a replacement Fake dummy. Back. But when I was watching it, it looks so real. Yeah. Oh, like it's...
0: so well done.
1: So regardless, I'm very, very happy with the result. And they did that kind of shit with these arms specifically most of the time that they were on screen yeah it was like practical mm-hmm. the whenever mixing. it wasn't it was almost hard to notice too because of how much they would cut to like a shot of doc ock his face and you could see the arm behind him and it's a real fucking right. metal object yeah um it like just really helped flow those scenes where like for instance him grabbing mary jane and climbing up the building. That was one of the more noticeable because it was during daylight and it
2: was... Right, but it still still held up for the most part. It holds up. Yes. It holds up.
0: Especially, like, I have seen CGI worse than that in the past three years, Mm -hmm. you know? Well, like, people were talking about, I
1: think it was in Venom or Black Panther or Captain Marvel or one of those more recent superhero movies how there's, like, a scene that feels a lot like doc ock and spider-man falling when they're black falling panther. down the is Ending that it of
0: black panther that has this been criticized doesn't
1: a have a ooh feeling when that no, happens it doesn't that scene had a lot of movement and energy and right. cuts and it just made it nothing about it felt like oh, dang it, the effects got bad here. Yeah. Never. I I don't think there were any moments in this movie where that happened, like, in the first movie. Because in the first movie, there were two or three moments
0: where it was like, the effects are bad. (laughs) The dummy. You know what I mean? The dummy with Mary Jane swinging through the air. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. (laughs) Okay, on the swinging, though, on the production side, they could have spent a little more time in a couple moments as to figure out where the fuck that web is going. Because... In the final scene, when everything's sinking and they're in the middle of the river and everything is sinking, and they're just like flying away. <laughs> yeah, where's that web attached to, man?
1: I think that they try to explain it by cutting to a wide, and there's a bunch of cranes oh, in the background. Yeah, I don't remember yeah. seeing that. But them. there isn't a crane well, they end close up on the, to on them, the, like oh. on a web in the crane. And I couldn't help but have a side of me go wouldn't those cranes have been pulled in? They're made of metal, but they're all yep. facing different directions. <laughs> yep. They would all be facing the middle of the river because it pulled yep. all the metal in, Yep. which is dumb. But that also makes me think maybe the cranes were put in later, like in post, because someone went, wait, what's he swinging on? <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? Yeah. But that happens more than just in that scene. It happens a couple other one times. or two other times yeah. where if you know how like architecture works... You know that there's no way that there's just a random like pole sticking out Mm -hmm. of this building with like, I don't know, like you just kind of know. I didn't, I don't ever notice it when I'm watching it without like, I think I started noticing that since Spider-Man, the uh, PS4 game came out because everyone was talking about how sweet it was that they were returning to that. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. when he, when you shoot your web, it actually sticks to a building and that's like important to me playing a Spider-Man game because... If you've played the games where it doesn't, it fucking sucks. (laughs) The first
2: first Spider-Man game is kind of lame.
0: One of the most telling things with the CGI is that watching it through a critical lens, there were a couple moments where I, because I'm looking for it to see how it holds up, there were a couple moments where I was even like, how much of that is CGI? Like, I couldn't Mm -hmm. even tell. And I think that's... I bet I have
1: one really cool moment that you might not even know was CGI. Yeah. Did you know that the shot of Doc Ock floating down into the river is 100% digital. Oh! Really?
0: That last shot it of It was his face? considered
1: at the time the most realistic depiction of a human face CGI had ever done. Wow. And I still consider it one of the best. It looks yeah, really good. it looks it, really good, wouldn't it, I guess. His hair under the water, yeah. his eyes, it's so good. Now that I've pointed it out, you might just a little tiny bit be like, "Okay, I see it." But it's honestly, I knew it going into this viewing because I, I read some trivia beforehand, mm-hmm. and I had to rewind and rewatch it because I was like, "That's not CGI." But you can almost, you know what I mean? Like yeah, background and everything was CGI. But you not know, the yeah, like you can kind of tell. But the fact that even his face is one hundred percent. Digitally recreated. They didn't put a guy down there. They didn't. It. Yeah. That shit blows my mind every time because well, I can't believe that.
2: I mean, I think yeah, also like crazy. the the Spider Man suit lends really well to CGI because it yeah. is
1: just like. And they actually upgraded the suit for this one from mm-hmm. the first movie just a little bit. There were like technically like uh, over a hundred modifications made <laughs> to it, but they were all so minor that if you were to watch these movies the two years apart that they came out, you might not even notice. But mm-hmm. if you put them next to each other, oh, boy, it's so <laughs> nice looking. They really yeah. just like, they fixed it up a little bit. They just made it, they made the colors a little more vibrant, the blacks a little blacker, his eyes a little more like silvery and big. It's just cool. I think,
2: yeah, but, but like in contrast, when Alfred... Molina's hair, like, th- when he is clearly CGI. Like, there's some moments where it's like, okay, yep. yeah, this is a little dated, this is a little CGI, but his hair looks like hair. Like, it looks like good, good, good hair. Like,
3: well-rendered. Yeah, well well-rendered.
2: Well-rendered. Well-rendered hair, his, like, clothing all flaps very nicely, very
1: Their body movements. Mm-hmm. It's all, usually the face that gives it away. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, like, especially... In the scene that I was referring to when they're like falling down the side of the clock tower, mm-hmm. there's something about the way they're hitting each other. And like when they get hit in the air, the amount of speed and distance they move, mm-hmm. it feels like whoever digitally created that scene mm-hmm. knew a lot about like aerospace yeah. and like physics and stuff. Because a lot of those scenes feel really floaty and, and just like what are those guys they're just right they're just like moving downwards yeah, moving yeah. Downwards. where that felt like two people yeah falling and punching each other very realistic and like the stuff on the train too like when toby is like he like falls forward oh, and catches yeah. himself with his feet right mm-hmm. i don't know you feel like he is somehow sticking to the front of this train and yeah oh god by the way that scene oh train scene. that's spider-man to me man yeah him stopping that train and Oh.
2: There is one scene in there where it is practical, actually. It's when Daka comes into the door of the train and he like busts it open. Yeah. That's practical. Like I, I think this the arms are CGI'd, but he is there
1: and the actual like walls of the train like
0: bust. Burst open and spark. And
1: it is so cool to see. I, I love that. I think Sam Raimi... Might be a huge influence in that because of his, like, background and practical horror effects. Right. But there's a lot of great, like, when someone goes through a window, maybe that person was digitally created, but they blew up a a window window and busted out the... Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, when he puts his arms through everyone and separates them all and you see a couple Mm -hmm. people, right? that's practical, too. I feel like there were some stunt doubles that just pushed themselves out a window. Or when... (laughs) Uh Peter falls uh when he's like does the horse race look and yeah. jumps <laughs> yeah. and he's like, I'm back, yeah. and then he falls. Yeah. You see that the last hit when he smacks into the car, does like a flip and lands on his stomach mm. because I was watching from a critical lens, and because Calvin has he knows a little bit about wigs due to <laughs> some oh, <yeah>. background <laughs> knowledge in yeah. his family. Yeah. 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 Uh, I could tell that this was a stunt double wearing a wig, but I actually really appreciated it because any time there's a scene like that, it's just a CGI double and mm-hmm. the camera didn't, it didn't cut there. Nope. It zoomed in on him. He got up and like, then it uh, cut to back. the front of him going, my back. Yeah. But if, if it would have been a CGI guy, it would have been an obvious, like that Transition. was CGI Toby and now it's real Toby, but yes. they used a stunt double just to give it some realism.
2: It's- I, is him ever taking off his mask? Is that ever a transition from CGI? Cuz he does it a lot in this movie. Yeah, he is does that, take his mask off. Is that I I can't really put my finger on anything, but I feel like that'd be a great transition. Like while he, he has be, yeah. has his mask on, it's CGI and then he takes it off and it's like
1: There's also a few parts where it's a stunt double in that suit yeah, or us, yeah. you know. So I could see them totally utilizing that A lot of the stunt crew for this movie applauded and like wanted the actors to do their own stunts because Mm. of how good it looked. They were like one of a lot of stunt crews are underpaid and Mm -hmm. don't get enough work. Yeah. So when that is a thing, you know that everyone in this movie was actually just trying to make the best movie possible. But uh, Rosemary Harris did her own stunts. (laughs) Really? So like her hanging from. Yep the even though it was probably just in a room <laughs> yeah. green screen with she, she did it that, and yeah. uh the backflip off of his motorcycle when he's oh, on yeah. his way to Mary Jane's play uh-huh. they filmed it with him and then with a stunt double and sam Ramy chose the one with toby because he thought it looked like a real toby yeah, doing a back right and it fucking does <laughs> yeah. when you watch that scene you're like, holy shit! Like
0: Toby Maguire just did a backflip because he did. <laughs> yeah. It's just wire work. Look. It's so good. Uh, Sam, you were mentioning <laughs> transitions in a different light with uh, yeah. transitioning from uh cgi to real things but it reminded me of the transitions in this movie yeah. that i want to bring up oh, because there's yeah. a lot of really really creative and effective transitions there's like a ripple transition when we first get say the to one to uh where doc Ock's like hideout is in this broken down and it's not shack. like a particular thing it's not like we're going through a window or coming out
1: of the right. water it's, it's just the just transition the yeah. transition it's just itself a
0: transition um, oh, I love that. Uh, Peter blowing out the candles in his room and ending the party and that making it fade to black. Oh, I love that going the into the spider. emblem, yeah.
1: And it all of a sudden the emblem turns into the shot of Harry's mansion yep. and he's being taken to the mansion. Yep. I think. Yeah.
2: My favorite transition was the mask where his like mask is hanging on something. I don't know, was that at the garbage bin or I am not I sure it it's is in the garbage it's, bin. It's hanging on something and it fades to black and just the eyes are left, yeah. and then the eyes fade to black.
0: Yes. That was really I think cool. that's the trash can. Yep. Yeah. Oof, gotta love that. Um mm. and the the score in this movie, I mean it's just more of the same fantastic shit we had in mm-hmm. in the first one, but also that Doc Ock theme coming in. And, and it drives fun home fact. all those transitions and all these
1: moments for the as far as the score so it's Danny Elfman mm-hmm. which we've talked about but I also mentioned how he had a falling out with right Sam Raimi so because of that they had to pull in Christopher Young hmm. who then did the score for Spider-Man 3 as well and he's like a horror movie uh music guy like mm-hmm. makes all of yeah. his background is horror movies and he did like Sinister, Drag Me to Hell, those are more recent ones but he's also done uh he's done a fuck ton like i think he did all the hellraiser movies anyway he i think is like the differences there are differences in this movie there yeah. are some like things in here that feel a little different and mm-hmm. i think he is that i think he adds like a sense of horror movie score to danny elfman's like beautiful epic score yeah you know what i mean totally. by that totally and doc ock's theme feels like a mix of both almost the
0: Yeah, it's so good, but also kind of scary. It's fitting, but a little more spooky than the vibes they gave in the first one. Speaking on sound in general as well, I mean, so many fantastic sound design moments. I mean, one that we don't have a whole lot to say on, but it's just so effective. I love the choice to make that horrific scene where the arms first come to life and are like ripping people apart. Mm-hmm. Silent, except for the sounds happening. There's no scoring mm-hmm. in that yep. in that scene. It yep. is just it's just the... Like, ah!
1: <laughs> it's like... Oh, it's so effective. And they use practical sounds to make... So I think they use like motorcycle chains mm. and like cables and things to make the sounds of those arms they don't sound like right. digitally created sounds it sounds like things i recognize it reminds me of like the smoke monster and lost or something
0: and what a perfect way to introduce us to the sounds that these arms make i mean we first mm, hear so like true. a we we feel the weight of it the first time we hear these in the like chunk when it first turns on when he's first put using these arms You get the weight of it, but now you get the intimidation of the sound of the, and every time you hear the sound design of these arms after this scene, it feels like it hits so much harder after seeing what they can do.
1: And it ends with him leaving the hospital and the way they end the scene, we just saw him like tear shit up. So we're like, oh shit. Well, guess what else he can do? A car drives up to him and he flips the car. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of car flipping in this movie. <laughs> yeah, they destroyed a lot of cars. And it sounds <laughs> so good. Car crunches in this movie all sound, I think they just really did it. And that's why. Yeah. Because that's what it sounds like when a car gets thrown. Or at least <laughs> I assume so, because it looks and
0: feels real. Uh, the last thing I want to touch on. Is the very first thing we see in this movie, which I just want to commend the decision to to bring in this art by um, illustrator, artist Alex Ross, who does comic book illustrations. And yeah, he's like a guy. Lots of cover art, but lots of just very, very beautiful comic book artwork. And that's why it feels like comic book artwork, because it is in it that is. style. Yeah. It's this perfect introduction to the movie uh that we've just laid out this reminding us of everything that happened in the last scenes, setting the the tone as a comic book feel and then and nothing about it could be in. dated yeah how how could it it's just beautiful you artwork. know it
1: feels like a james bond opening mixed with its own thing this is yeah like the last one i think we actually started the conversation by being like Opening credits of this are a little dated. Right. <laughs> and yeah. this one, literally, they fixed it's that. the opposite. They yeah. fixed
0: everything about
1: the first movie in this yeah. one,
0: honestly. All the problems that I had.
1: I kind of have a question that I want to ask real quick before we end our discussion. What's that? Because it happens like five times in this movie. Huh. Do you guys think a lot more people than we know know that Peter is Spider-Man? So, like, yeah. in the scene when... Peter is, like, at J. Jonah Jameson's office. Robbie looks up and he's like, Spider-Man was there. And it's like, wait a second. And when Mary Jane is like, at the end, she's like, I think I knew the whole time. And Harry, even though he's shocked, maybe it's not bad acting. Maybe he's not as shocked as we think, you know? And then even Aunt May, when she's giving her speech, why would she be giving that speech to just Peter, you know? Mm, She knows. But, like, at the same time none of them do it's it's cool i don't know i just wanted to i like we the don't need ground. to talk about it yeah, i think
0: that it's like a it's like supposed to be
1: like this cool
0: i mean also that doctor i i just remembered a scene i wanted to talk about the doctor yeah, with like yeah. a grateful dead t-shirt
1: on <laughs> under his right uh, like right your friend he like takes off his glasses and sits down and instantly becomes like stoner doctor yeah. i love that scene that scene's extended
0: was extended in your version i wonder if it was a little different it was good oh, i actually really it it's liked a good it. scene I actually think I love all that the scene. extended scenes, I will say, it doesn't add too much. It doesn't slow down the pacing. And I think some really great moments happened. I think I'm going to rewatch this. The elevator scene is a little long. Elevator scene's a little long.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's yeah funny, so though. In, the,
1: in mine, it's just one thing. He goes, cool, Spidey suit. He goes, thanks. He goes, is it uncomfortable? And then he replies, rides up in the crotch sometimes. And then the guy doesn't reply and it ends awkwardly. That's it. That, 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 that be is better. better. That's better. Yeah, that <laughs> that's the better. only one I think. Oh, okay. That's. <laughs> yeah. fair enough
2: one thing calvin you brought up how like if you go into this movie thinking that it will be dated you'll be pleasantly surprised and this yes. was the doctor moment was kind of a big thing where the doctor peter parker just he says i am spider he yeah, basically, he basically. <laughs> tells this doctor i am spider man he just doesn't say the fucking words and it pisses me off but <laughs> just the, to say I'm yeah the doctor the doctor is like yeah, see that's why I see my shrink and Peter asks like, "Oh, what does he tell you?" and he's like, "It's actually a she." And I was like, "Hey, the doctor's a woman. Like that's a, yeah. a big thing that's been really problematic in a lot of movies and
0: it, and also like a a man going to see a female therapist, like mm-hmm. hell yeah. Fucking hell yeah
1: or also just like and peter asking, therapy yeah. just being also, a thing yes. that's not stigmatized
0: he's just yeah. like yeah i talked to my therapist
2: peter asks uh when when mary jane was like i'm seeing somebody peter peter just says yeah therapy's like good like this yeah, is
1: great therapy yeah, therapy's great yeah go to therapy <laughs> that's a good point i'm glad that we're ending on that note because that's actually like one of the least dated things about the movie and i
0: appreciate yeah. that so much all right, but we can't close it out completely without talking about mm-hmm. a Kid Moment of the Week. Kid Moment of the Week, because these movies
1: are funny as shit. Hell they yeah. are made for kids, oh adults, God. everything in between. And the comedy is one of the main things that allows for that to happen. Oh, my God. Uh, I think for me, yeah. it is J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Particularly yeah. him being... Oh, I don't even know. Like, him in the spider I was suit? just going to say him at the gala being like, come here, right, take a picture yeah, with me and the mayor's yeah. girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wife. Yeah. Like, I love uh, right. that moment. Was him in the like, spider
2: suit in the original one? No. Oh, that's, that's a, a good, good scene.
1: But that, that is very funny. I think that that's one of those things where I'm like, I get why they maybe cut that for like a theatrical mm-hmm. released Spider-Man movie. Yeah. But it i kind of wished it was because j jonah jameson donning the spider-man suit says a lot about him as a guy Mm -hmm. you know yeah sam do you have a vote um the one that i wrote down i think there's a lot
2: the one that like because i was looking for kid moments obviously early on in the movie but Mm -hmm. it's when he gets to his apartment and the landlord like opens the door asking for the rent (laughs) and he ends the scene by saying i have eyes like a cat oh no ears like a cat and eyes like a rodent and then he does the (laughs) (laughs) face and i was just like (laughs)
1: that's super good mr dinkovich is amazing Uh, and a nod to steve ditko a comic book oh really like basically the brother of stan Mm -hmm. lee when people talk about like the origins of marvel marvel comics his name is actually Ditkovich, oh. and it is a straight-up character named after Steve Ditko. Oh, that's cool. Uh, that's a really so, that, character. but yes, that moment, <laughs> yeah. and like any moment with him, yeah. I was... Rent just shuts <laughs> the door back, comes
2: out, and comes <laughs> yes. out from the bathroom with his pants down, asking for Rent. Right. <laughs> yes. His daughter walks <laughs> yeah. in and was like, "What are you doing?" Are you and doing? then he goes back.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that's got to be it. Honestly, is the the especially I remember thinking loving this guy as a kid. Mm-hmm. Es- especially like I, it brought back my love for him. Rewatching this, I was just like, I loved this character as a kid. He's so goofy and ridiculous. What
1: does Peter say to him that he's like? He says like, "I'm sorry," and he's like, "If sorrys were crackers, my daughter would be fat, yes. right?" Like, and then she like, and yeah. she's like, <laughs> the thinnest like." Yes like she's yeah. just like a rail. Yeah. <laughs> it just gives you the idea that like this dude is tired of Peter's shit.
0: Yeah. Oh god. I love oh, that. Man. Well, right. I think that might be it. Yep, Mr. Ditkovich gets the old kid moment of the week. What a good movie uh yeah i had a lot to say on this one and i honestly feel like we could talk for twice the amount of time but at a certain point oh i could easily uh, keep going (laughs) a certain point you gotta just cut it off so thank you for listening uh i hope you've enjoyed everything uh sam thank you so much for joining us again yeah it was a great time thank you sam uh, it's always a pleasure if you want to hear all three of us and our friend dustin as well on an actual play dungeons and dragons podcast you can listen to our podcast legendary Four adventures space vampires thank you gary uh you know what how about we play a little clip for you give you a little taste
2: as looks like she is sitting over a small desk you're not sure where she got it from she <laughs> appears to be Mezzy, fiddling yeah. with something on the desk she's like oh oh yeah you guys are alive oh my gosh and she like runs up and gives each of you uh, a leg hug oh, yeah. i guess julian she hugs you normally because you are both gnomes yeah Yay. but uh and she's just like uh, what happened
0: uh that would be a very long story Mezzi. We we really appreciate you looking after the ship and finding a better hiding spot. We we heard there might be a message from the count.
2: Um, yeah. Um yeah, there's there's a message. It's it's not good. Uh yeah. Hey, hey cool, can you can you play the message? And the kudu says, "Um yes. Uh, playing in 3 2 1." Uh, the goo transforms into the Emperor, Emperor Improbus, and he begins talking immediately. What the fuck did you do, Baron? All of our storage spaces broke and started spilling its contents everywhere. The bridge and main hallway have two inches of blood sloshing around. Some of the lesser vampires have taken to a frenzy licking it off the ground. <laughs> Report to me immediately. This better not be your fault. Count out.
3: I'm
0: going to put uh, his headband on.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Terry!
0: well that was exciting man that sounds like a good podcast maybe you should go listen to that uh let us know if you do you can find all of those episodes all of these episodes on legendary4.com and you can leave us um leave us some comments yeah that's that's all i want to say about that uh thank you to sofina sago for our uh cover art our logo please check out the uh, donation links and how to help the Black Lives Matter movement in the description. You can catch it. A... You can catch us. <laughs>
1: day by day, he gazed upon
0: it <laughs> <laughs> You can catch us this Wednesday for our next movie. Before we get back to Avatar, we're going to be talking about osmosis jones oh yeah baby what a classic it's a classic i can't wait i think Have, i yeah can't remember i remember enough about it it might suck. years and years and years and years
1: i know bill murray is in it and all yeah. bill murray movies exist in this like venn diagram where it's like fuck that guy <laughs> this guy is funny and then sometimes they cross over and it's ghostbusters yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, this is one of the crossovers or just the funny side of his Venn diagram. Yeah.
2: I imagine it's very dated, but that was one of those movies that, like, we had a, a car VCR player. Oh, wow. Like, really advanced for the early Hell 2000s. Yeah. What? <laughs> a car VCR but that- player? yeah and that was one of the movies we always brought along and watched. when you go over bumps does that shit like skip (laughs) that's amazing it's it's not safe it's not good it hangs on the back of the front seat and it's like (laughs) this it's two inches wide but it's really fun fantastic
0: well thank you all for listening uh i'm calvin i'm gary and i'm sam and this has been a new lens (laughs)
3: i <laughs>